Good morning and welcome to another Troy Francis podcast. It's Monday the 22nd of June and I'm in a different location today because I have escaped. I have escaped the UK. I've escaped lockdown London and wow, we've just seen a dog with three legs running past. No dogging, but we are in a park in the middle of Germany's foremost and indeed capital city, Berlin. And I'm sitting here with a very special guest who I'll introduce in a second. And we're just enjoying the bucolic beauty of this very sunny morning here in this very beautiful and free city. And we just saw a dog running past with three legs, which maybe had some kind of symbolic portent. I don't know. Just as we've got into this. It's way too deep, way too quick, as she said. <laughs> indeed. And uh, you may recognize the dulcet tones of my guest today. I am joined by... None other than Mr. Tom Torero. Well, no, no, that's not correct. I've given that life up. That the artist formerly known as Tom <laughs> Torero. Yeah, uh, is it true that you're just going to be known as a, by a squiggle now? Yes, or maybe a Christian saint's name from um, biblical days. Absolutely. Well, we are sitting quite near a churchyard, I think. So this could be the the, the beginning of our conversion to to Christianity. So is it true you? I mean, Tom, you've kind of been quiet <laughs> for a little while now, although uh, you have started to, you've been uploading stuff back onto your YouTube channel. You started putting out content again and everything, but it's fair to say you, you were quite quiet for a period of time <laughs> last year. Obviously, we've been in touch uh, behind the scenes and so on and so forth, but now you're, now you're back, but back with, in a different sort of way than before. I've dropped out of society. What do they say? Drop through the cracks. Absolutely. Well, plenty of cracks. Absolutely. So, this is my third year in the van, but I'm living in a van. I'm homeless, uh, financially destitute, hence my need <laughs> to re-upload some videos, old content. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm loving it, yeah. And we've escaped the UK by, you, I guess you'll tell the story, but we drove out of the UK, people told us not to, that you couldn't, that it was impossible, but we got on a ferry somehow without showing passports. We got into the Netherlands and we got into Germany and we're in Berlin and it's, you wouldn't know anything's going on really, would you? Yeah, it is a completely different vibe here to how it is in the UK for sure. I mean, we've been here for a, what, a couple of days now and just the sense of freedom here is incredible. I mean, just people are out and about. All the, the shops are all open. The cafes and the bars are open. There's not really a lot of social distancing going on here. People are wearing masks, face masks on the subway. That's about it. That's about it. But um, they're not taking it seriously. And it's um, it's like, like we were saying yesterday, the simple pleasures of just going, look, you can, look there's a guy drinking a beer. Yeah. Or um, we, we sat in a pub. Um, it's just lovely and it's bloody hot and we're very near the world's biggest park uh, what is it an old airfield yeah with um i think we're just slowly or rather rapidly becoming crusties we're be becoming <laughs> like troy's taking up juggling i'm one of those guys spinning those things with fire on the end drumming i'm, I'm not even wearing shoes today so it Drumming has, circle quite quickly it's you know you told me this would happen in berlin <laughs> but i've um I've, I've become a degenerate yeah Absolutely. Well, because you've been to Berlin a few times, haven't you, and done boot camps, day game boot camps here and things, but you were always a bit resistant to coming back because I don't think you'd seen this sort of other side of it that we've, I've now perhaps introduced you to. 
yeah, this is a problem with going to a city quick and um, going to Zara, Topshop and H&M, <laughs> which is the usual day game spiel. Yeah, I just did quick boot camps in the city centre and it and it looks pretty grim, the city centre. We went in yesterday, yeah. it looks like, you know, Manchester or Birmingham on a bad day. Um, so I didn't know. I was a bit wary of the hipster thing, but you've shown me a completely different um, side of things, Troy, in a park. Mm. Mm. You've led me into this isolated spot and I'm, I'm amazed by what <laughs> I see. First, I see a dog with three legs. There's a lot of suspicious people. It's not like a London park where it's all groomed and nice. Yeah. This is like, you know, people crawling out of the undergrowth. and yeah. It's early in the morning. There's people drinking beers. There's, we've, we've seen all sorts. Yes, yeah, we have. And actually, like, I mean, I've been coming to Berlin for a number of years now, nearly a decade, actually, now of coming backwards and forwards. And then I've, um, you know, I've got a little place over here now and things. And it's um, every time, nearly every time I've come to Berlin, and this is actually a lot of this is nightlife stuff, actually, I have to say. But nearly every time I've come to Berlin, I've seen some really weird stuff that's just like blown my head off. And each time I think it's not going to surpass it and then it does. And we've seen this in the middle of the day on the street. You know, we were saying this is very much like New York, I guess, in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't, it's, London certainly, it's hard to find this now. I've been in other cities in Eastern Europe and South America where it's wild. Yeah. But Berlin maintains and celebrates this, uh, <laughs> this kookiness. It's a smorgasbord of weirdness. Just turn on the camera. Like yesterday, we went to the airfield, turned on the camera, and yeah. this is as glory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that we wanted to, to get into today, really. Um, I suppose the, the two... <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, actually, Middle Eastern. There's a, we're in an area which has got some stunning girls from North Africa, Algeria, Tunisia. Today's girl was, I spoke to us from Lebanon. Mm. Holy fuck, I've forgotten how nice they are. And they're so mm. friendly here. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a big Turkish community in Berlin as well, well, in Germany generally, because after, in the 1960s, when they were looking to repopulate and they needed to bring workers in, they did a special deal with Turkey. Um, but specifically in Berlin, there's a lot of Turkish people here, but also, as you say, a lot of Middle Eastern people, particularly around this sort of area where we are now. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is... Uh, it, it's it's a sight to behold, isn't it? And I mean, we've been talking a bit about multiculturalism and some of those issues, but I mean, <laughs> no, there's, I don't think there's any complaints from either of us here, is there? I fucking love it, you know, which is kind of the topic of today's podcast, a, a reaction to the dullards, the, <laughs> the just the fucking, the moaners, you know, these guys online that, um, that have one version of perhaps what they think game is. And... Uh, we want to, or I certainly want to, I'm always interested in countering that with my, my real life experience of seeing people who are very good at this stuff, being in a place like this and feeling that sexual energy. Yes. How fucking different that is from the advice that perhaps like a 19-year-old guy would get from logging on to Google and typing in red pill today. I mean, he's going to get stuff about church and mm. honour and family <laughs> and lifting. I don't see none of that shit in Berlin. No, absolutely not. And I mean, there were a couple of things that we wanted to really go into today. One of them is freedom because, and everyone's been talking about freedom recently, I think, because I think if the lockdown's shown us anything, it's that freedom is, you know, it, it should be the highest aspiration for any guy, I believe. And I think having freedom taken away in such a dramatic manner has probably reminded a lot of people of that. But the other thing that we wanted to touch on is darkness. 
and they're kind of related. Mm. But kind yeah, because when you ultimate freedom, I used to say when I quit the nine to five job and I became a <laughs> just a day <laughs> game instructor, I describe it as looking into a void. If you mm. don't need to get up for anything, if you don't have a boss, if you don't have any uh, responsibilities, you don't have a girlfriend, you could don't have a place, uh, a location to be in. You have to be very comfortable with looking at. I said it's like looking over the Grand Canyon. It's 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 frightening. In the first year of buying the van, I told you I had a, a wobble on the yeah. ferry from Dover to Calais, just thinking, what the fuck am I doing? When the sailor unties <clears throat> the lines and sails mm. out into the Atlantic Ocean, that's that's heart of darkness. That's um, yeah. It's an unnerving, uncomfortable feeling. That is the price you pay for freedom. Yeah, absolutely. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because I think a lot of guys aspire to having freedom in terms of their, their sex lives, their dating lives, freedom to pick and choose the women that they're with, get the best quality women they can, but they? probably not settle down, maybe not get into sort of monogamous relationships. But they, a lot of guys are also attracted to this lifestyle where you can live where you work, work, you live where you want, work where you want, all of that kind of thing. But it is not a free ride, is it? There are... Well, you realise it's down to you. No one's coming to help you. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is... Um, I'm trying to link them here tenuously, but yeah. do you see what I... Does that, yeah. is that, well, tell them the story. Just tell them the quick story anyway of how we got here. Because it, yeah. it is odd. It's really odd. So basically, Tom was in the UK and he we were in contact and he said to me that he was, was going to desperate to leave, desperate to leave, <laughs> uh, desperate to leave the UK. I mean, before we go into the story, just quick, very quickly, you were in the UK for a while. You were, um, suffering lockdown with the rest of us. What, what, what thoughts have you got on lockdown and how, what it, has it made you given you any insights? Has it made you think about things in a different way? No, because <laughs> I was, I, I have to confess, I got away so lightly. I got off lightly because I spent two and a half months of lockdown in a former Soviet Union country where there wasn't any lockdown. Yeah, you can, you, maybe you can Google and guess where I was because it was a country that never went mm. into lockdown. Yeah, they even carried on playing football, and so I was in bars and pubs. Yeah, um, and then I remember saying to you, "I got to leave there. I got to go home because of visa issues." And I was, yeah, it was. I'd survived about a week in Wales and then I went mm. mad. So I went up to Scotland and I came and saw you. And then I was just waiting every day. When's my passport coming? When's my passport? And everybody told us, uh, you can't leave the UK. Do you remember? Mm. Like everyone's yeah. saying, and you were even thinking, what's going to happen? Is Germany open? Are we going to get fined? Are we going to get stopped? Are the police? And mm. everyone, all my family was shocked when I said, mm. I think I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And so we had to drill down and I actually phoned embassies and I phoned ferry companies and I said, mm. can we travel? And they all said, mm, it's not advised. And I said, but is it, is it illegal to yeah. leave the UK? And she went, mm, no. Yeah. So I phoned you and I said, do you want to go tomorrow? And you went, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. So basically we, we got in the van and uh, by cover of night or well, not night, but dusk. We yeah, drove, yeah, we drove over to Essex to to the uh, to Harwich, where the ferry goes from, and we there were no cars. and there were no cars, and it looked like, uh, and I suppose we were not nervous then, but we were thinking, oh, are we going to be questioned because there's so few people leaving? But then we 
kind of as we got nearer, it was clear there were other people traveling. There were a few people around, so that was all good. Yeah, mainly lorries. That was all good. And then, by some weird chance, we got into the wrong queue to enter the ferry, and we we got into a queue of lorries. And so, and the lorries, of course, don't have the normal checks in terms of the passports and and, and everything else, you know, and Corona stuff. They were just, they're kind of just allowed to go through. So we were in this queue for the ferries and we we got stopped there, didn't we, by one uh, guard. He said, you've got to go back. But the way that he directed us, it was slightly odd. He said, we'll, we'll just go over there and you enter there. And so we entered in, into a different entrance but it was still a lorry entrance and they just waved us through we drove, drove straight onto the ferry behind on the wrong deck yeah so we parked up behind lorries yeah and then we realized that nobody had actually checked our our passports going going on which was kind of um ridiculous you mentioned but... the british um border control and then you meant to face dutch border yeah. control yeah but uh we were on a ferry and we thought we had gotten away with it and then what happened uh, <laughs> early in the morning in the Hook of Harwich? So then uh, we, Hook of Holland. so that we'd had a, a nice sleep in our uh, cabins uh, overnight. Woke up and we're coming into Holland, and we get go down to the uh, to the van, drive off the ferry. But of course we are now driving off as a van. So we we queued up to to leave to go out into the country and the guard stopped us and said have you got your paperwork and of course we didn't have the paperwork because we're not actually a lorry transporting goods so he looks at us a bit suspiciously and talked on his radio and then turned us back and said right you're going to have to go back around this other way and he said uh, he said he said, uh, yeah, he said I've been on the phone to immigration and I just thought oh no we're just going to get questioned it's going to be a nightmare it's this bureaucratic kind of process and we drove back the other way and there was this copper policeman waiting there in in a police car and he was pretty he, he was very nondescript about it wasn't he he literally said i'll open the back gate <laughs> and he phoned through and a barbed wire fence opened like the great escape and we entered netherlands through the back door <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we we did, and I mean, he checked. He did check our passports, but we didn't go yeah, through a. He didn't scan them. No, he didn't scan them. So we didn't go through a proper passport control or anything like that. And then we were into the EU, and then then it was from then on. It was just that was it, really. We drove through Holland into Germany. There were no checks on the border at Germany, and that was it. How, so you were locked up, locked down, for a lot longer than me. Yeah. So how how does it feel? How did it feel? Well, how was it for you, Troy? <laughs> it was mind blowing. Um, no, it was. Did it feel mental being there. It was really mental. I mean, I remember the first day that city that we we went to first because we had to stop off in Germany. I think there's a tramp having a having a, a piss over there. Um, <laughs> we had to stop off uh, overnight on a on a city before we got to Berlin, and it was kind of surreal just walking out into the streets and just seeing people doing stuff doing like normal stuff it was just you know it was mind-blowing in a way because britain has been so like shut down for such a long time and it seems to be it's dragging on so yeah and then you come to berlin and there is this just incredible sense of freedom but berlin's always had that sense of freedom anyway i think it's part of the nature of the city isn't it very fitting, yeah. And you had invited me here for ages, and I was like, "Oh no, it's gonna be really yeah. hipstery." And but I got it. I, a, I got it wrong, and B, this is the place to come to to celebrate freedom on many levels. Obviously, yeah. historically and uh, culturally. And you've spoken many times about the the dark 
the Dark Knights uh, of of Wonder. You yes. know, this emporium of filth yeah, that well, goes the, on when the when the neon lights flicker. Yeah, yeah. And that that linked us to the second topic of um, <clears throat> of the dark side of game, which uh, I have touched upon. Whenever I say it, guys go, "See, I told you, I told yeah. you, game was wrong." I don't mean dark side as in that. I mean dark side as in um, yeah, noir. Yes. So why why game? Uh, certainly for me, is the antithesis of squeaky clean, square, clean-cut, responsible living, which it is presented as to young people on the internet today. Yeah. God, I sound fucking old, but I feel sorry if you're 18 and you Google game and how to pick up girls. Uh, the first thing you'll get is um, get rich quick, get ripped quick. Uh, then you'll get something on fatherhood. Yeah. Or you might get something on inviting you to church. <laughs> and guys are like, right, this sounds like the way to get girls, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, I don't know, all your life, you, you, it's followed you around or you followed it around, This, mm. this, these colourful characters and these cities and these situations. And yeah. My, oh, well, this only works on the trashy girls. Well, we were talking about that yesterday and what we're about to discuss. Um, <laughs> it draws in. Lawyers and doctors and Middle Eastern girls and yes. sweet virginal girls. This is not, um, don't write in and say this only applies to kind of, you know, kinky, damage. kinky damaged Berlin girls because um, the spectrum of women that visit Berlin for this very phenomenon is, yeah. well, is, is all types of women, all ages of women. Yeah, well, I think the, so the interesting thing about Berlin is, and I think this is probably what, joins all this together is that it's a place it's a very liberal place and i say that with a small l i don't i don't necessarily mean that politically although it kind of is you know it's got that political side as well but it's it's basically a place where anything goes you can do whatever you want and so there's freedom here and that brings all sorts of different people here so you've got you know your sjw contingent and all of that but you've also got your very traditional sort of middle eastern community here uh and you've got a load of degenerates as well and everybody seems to live quite happily side by side but what it seems to be the case there's something about berlin that draws in let's say girls who come here i mean obviously guys as well but we're talking about it from a male point of view it draws in girls who want to come here and just let loose and have a kinky naughty experiences and that brings out the dark triad side of things because what are they attracted to well they're not attracted to the fine upstanding noble family man when they come to berlin they're well, they, might, they might marry that guy he's probably back home in you know cologne yeah but why do they come to berlin for what kind of guy are they hoping to meet in the airfield during the day or kit kat during the night what qualities troy francis <laughs> i think you've even written a book on this <laughs> Why is this even controversial? I can't even believe we're having to say this is actually controversial. I thought I thought this is common knowledge with but apparently it's not, is it? Well, you know it's contested knowledge. I think the Manosphere which is such a silly name for, for a club in Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah you the Manosphere. Ah yeah, it's good techno. <laughs> nice drink. Um yeah, I think the Manosphere has been hijacked by a bunch of a bunch of dullards over the last couple of years and they have taken it in this direction where it's all about being a fine upstanding pillar of the community and a family man and a patriarch and all of this kind of thing and all of that 
of course, is nonsense in terms of, of creating arousal in women. And actually, I think Rollo makes that distinction, doesn't he? There's a distinction between attraction and arousal. So a woman might be attracted by a guy who's got a nice job and he's got a nice car and stuff like that. You know, and like you said, she might marry that guy. But is she really aroused by him? No, not really, because she's aroused by the dark triad. Exactly. Now, the caveat is because guys then will think I'm saying that, you know, when I make fun of self-development, that getting rich or being healthy is somehow wrong. I'm not. I'm just saying it's a different thing yes. to gain. You should make that very clear. I call game not self-development, but self-destruction. Because yes. game, game is, is returning to your primal roots, yes. right? Stripping back the forebrain. You've experienced it when you've been drunk. Um, not that you are now, Mr. Troy Francis. Well, uh, clean still, living. Clean living. But still degenerate. That's pretty impressive how Troy can be a degenerate and, you know. A sober degenerate, yeah. In a way, it's even worse because you've got to be really committed to degeneracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've mastered it. I think that's why you're qualified to talk about this. But anyway, yeah, the disclaimer is no, if you want to get rich, that's fine. If you want to get ripped, that's fine. If you want to wear pressed um, uh, white shirts, you know, Fred Perry shirts or what was I? I don't even know what nice. Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, that's fine. But. What attracts women? Well, let's let's start with last night's film of wonder that I've been telling Troy to watch for ages, and it was yeah. Lassie. Yeah, Lassie. We watched Lassie, <laughs> then we watched Bambi, then we watched uh, The Lion King. Followed up with Nightcrawler, which I think is 2016. I, I don't know the name of the lead actor. Do you even know his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, fucking outstanding performance. And this is years before The Joker, if you saw last year's uh, Joker. Obviously, it's inspired, uh, inspired by Taxi Driver. Mm. This is a neo-noir film about a guy with dark triad traits who is the opposite of all of these qualities that you see on the internet today. Today, you know, he is not ripped. <laughs> he is not rich. He is not an upstanding member of the community. What? Well, we haven't even said what are the... Dark triad traits, the three elements of that are narcissism. So this guy's ego is ridiculous. We're all narcissists, but for certain people, it's amplified. Machiavellianism, which means sneaky. Mm. That's why it's called game, because <laughs> women have tricks and men have tricks. And the contested one, I would argue, is psychopathy, <clears throat> yeah. which is a pimp coldness so if you want to have lots of girls and uh, sh shoot the puppy and walk away from girls and um, escalate quickly uh, a coldness psychopathy so this character certainly has it like yes. like the joker you say that there's a fourth one there has been identified a fourth one which is sadism so I've seen and I talked about this actually in my in my uh, in my wonderful opus, uh, How to Be an Arsehole. Um, I referred to the fourth one. It's it's, it's talked about as, as the dark tetrad, and sadism is is the fourth one. Uh, and and that is very tricky ground, obviously, to talk about with guys because it's 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 tough, isn't it? But none of, is these, it... none of these qualities are nice. Yeah. This is why it's. Um... It's not comfortable to talk about this because <laughs> if you accept that someone like, you know, American Psycho or Ted Bundy or we used to talk about, it was the, um, the Netflix Manson. documentary. Well, yeah, Charles Manson and Marilyn Manson. But the, the uh, I Believe I Can Fly, R. Kelly, mm. uh, some fucking dark stuff in that. The the porn documentary, uh, Rocco, about Rocco Sofredi. Mm. Characters in literature, Heathcliff, 
Wuthering Heights, you know, this yes. brooding, sadistic he is. He, he, yes. he kicks the dogs, doesn't he, mm. in front of the fireplace. Um, well, you keep going. You're the, you're the literary man. Well, one thing I was keen to ask, actually, was you said that you'd, you've watched Nightcrawler, which is about this very dark triad character played by Jake Gyllenhaal, with girls, You because you were watching it. You, you were many really kids, into it. Yeah. And you've watched it with many girls. And you were saying that girls got kind of turned, you know, that girls were into this character. Girls were attracted to this character. Yeah, so we skipped over the film. Sorry, Nightcrawler is... is uh... It's noir because it's shot at night and the premise of the film is night crawling, I think, in the States means when you go to scenes of traffic accidents mm. with a camera and then you sell the f carnage footage to the news. Mm. So it's a very good commentary on what's going on right now, you know. Mm. Um, and anyway, this guy gets into it and he realises he's really good at it. Mm. And it, not just filming the news, but then kind of creating the news and manip manipulating the narrative. And um, yeah. to, to film this stuff, he has to be fucking cold. Yeah, he's he's egocentric because he wants to be the best in LA, and he wants to eliminate his competition. So he's very Machiavellian, and um, he starts out. What would you say in game? Gamma. Yes. He starts out very odd. Yes. As a lot of uh, guys <laughs> who get into game, including me, started out as. And then um, you you see how women are attracted. Coming back to your point, to his horrific moralities now. We've always said game is amoral. It's a knife, mm. you know, and you, mm. with a knife you can stab someone or you can cut bread. Ross Jeffries used to say game is like giving a dynamite to children. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. why this stuff's controversial. But yes, I used to stick that film on and it's a bit like watching Vicky Cristina Barcelona, Woody Allen with mm. girls. Yeah. They should be horrified by this character of Javier Bardem. Mm. You know, she fucks all these different girls. She treats Penelope Cruz really badly. Yeah. But women love it. And that's not a surprise. If you've read My Secret Garden, Book mm. of O, hopefully you haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey, but you know mm. what it's about. Um, yeah. Nymphomaniac, we've spoken about before. Yeah. Why do girls love reading? What were the novels you said girls love reading? Well, I, I was saying that my girlfriend was reading Marquis de Sade. So uh, that she was reading Justine, which is um, a, a really quite dark, brutal sort of novel about a young woman's sex life. But previously she read The 120 Days of Sodom, which is about all of this kind of crazy stuff that happens in a chateau in France, including S&M and BDSM type stuff. So pretty, pretty, you know, and, and she'll she just off the cuff, just reading these books and then interspersing it with self-help and just <laughs> different things, you know. Fittingly, right, <laughs> during my tour of the UK when I was going up to Scotland and back, I stopped off uh, in a place outside Leeds, uh, I think it's the Yorkshire Moors. Aye. Mm. And since uh, being a spotty teenager at school and reading Wuthering Heights, I wanted to walk to Wuthering Heights, mm. this very lonely uh, building on the moors. It's a very mystical book. It's a very dark novel by a virginal mm. daughter of a pastor called Emily Bronte, mm. who um, squeaky clean family. I don't think any of them got laid. No, I think Charlotte Bronte probably got laid. She was... Yeah. Unfortunately, incredibly ugly, Charlotte Bronte. Emily was quite nice, but <clears throat> never had a boyfriend. Mm. Anyway, she wrote Wuthering Heights in the parsonage. Right? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That uh, <laughs> should be cleansed from sin. And this book has got a stare on it, isn't it? Um, clean living man. What was I saying? Yeah, Emily Bronte came up with the character of Heathcliff. Yes. And why do women trek up to, when I got to Wuthering Heights, there were shrines, there were love letters, wow. there were people who had come from Japan, 
it's just a fictional character. It's a fictional place, but women are obsessed. Now, what are the qualities of Mr. Heathcliff? Right? He's yeah. a gypsy boy that arrives in Liverpool. Mm. He's uh, dark. He's brooding. He's violent. He's mm. sadistic. Mm. Yes. None of these strike me as these um, family qualities to me. But anyway, yeah. he's worshipped for centuries to come. Whereas why isn't, um, <laughs> you know, clean living Mr. Vanilla worshipped? Proof is in the pudding. So don't listen to what women say they like. Look at what women uh, respond to viscerally. Well, and that's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Well, um, my girlfriend is, was also reading Anna Karenina by Tolstoy, which is a story about a woman who's married to a very dull but upstanding, wealthy gentleman. And she gets her head turned by a bad boy and ends up having an affair with him. And then it all ends in disaster. So... It, it, the, these themes are not new. And this is something actually that I I wrote some articles about this back in the Return of Kings days. People think that, in inverted commas, the red pill is this new fount of knowledge that, that was only discovered in the 2000s. And that's nonsense. It's This stuff has been known. If Basically, if you read Victorian literature, you'll see red pill truths all the time in these books, including Wuthering Heights, like well, you're talking about. Red pill is just a bollocks term for human biology. Um, yeah. It might not have been expressed uh, before Darwin, but women were responding to hunter-gatherers. <laughs> yeah. This stuff, none of this is new. Yeah. Our, the response to this is always right. Well, you're telling guys then to become brutish, to become immoral. You're telling guys to, you know, damage mm. society. You're telling guys to become American psycho. No. But what you do need to do is take some of those qualities... And either yes. replicate them if you're not this kind of guy, and I'm still not fully this kind of guy. I've, yes. I've become more and more. Um, you need to look at these little switches and how they work, and you yeah. think, oh, I could take a little bit of that. I could try the poker face, or I could try not texting her, yeah. or I could try telling her no. Yes. And then you're shocked as a nice guy. I told you some filthy stories yesterday about me as a nice guy watching Wings do dirty stuff. But, um, yes. Can you learn some of this stuff? Yeah. Is some of this stuff inherited? Yeah. Well, there, there are definitely, and actually this is largely what I try and teach in uh, Charisma and Dating Academy. Ka-ching! Um, but uh, because I go through Dark Triad in that, I've got a whole section on the bad boy archetype and I go through Dark Triad and I, I say basically what you've just said, which is, well, I, I say basically what you've just said, which is it's this isn't saying become American Psycho, but this is saying... Can you sprinkle on little bits of this, almost like as a as a fla- as a seasoning for your existing character? Can it be taught? I think it, I think it can, I think it can be to an extent. I think awareness is half the battle because when guys become aware of this stuff and you can break it down, then they can say, "All oh, right, I get that. I understand. I see why that's attractive." And then they can turn the volume up on some of these things. But we've been talking about people that we know in real life, and there are definitely people who have this. Well, all naturally more than others, aren't there? I've met. Most of the, you know, I've met a lot of guys with really sick game. Yes. That that are well known. And the majority are or were um, fucked up, myself included. Yes. To have that, and I'm not putting myself in the bracket of the best. I'm saying that um, at my best, I was my worst. Right. As a human being. So the, the, the moral disclaimer, which should be said, perhaps it should be on all my books and all PUA products. Yeah. Is that when you do go down the rabbit hole, A, if you just stay in theory, 
then you'll get really angry because mm. you'll look around you and you'll think, God, women are fucking sluts and this is all horrible and look at that man there. It'll make you really angry. So you've got to combine it with action. But B, if you pursue full-on dark triad game, mm. it can take you to some interesting places, you know? Yeah. As I, as I like, it culminated in last year's me just going, like, I just need to fucking do some gardening and, you know, <laughs> I this has gone crazy and there yeah. are people i know that have not come out the other side yeah. um so most of these movies end with that dark tried character getting become up and getting become up and um that's not karma that's just the effect on your body if you do pursue this yeah. kind of thing you know so go for it if you want to get good with girls but just be careful so why is it that do you think that sectors of the sections of the manosphere have become so obsessed with the upright no be noble, be upright, be a good, upstanding member of the community and do the right thing. Why do you think that's become something that gets pushed so strongly these days? I really don't know. I call them the monosphere because <laughs> I think I think it's from, actually, I think I do know that it's from point A, that if you just understand this stuff on a theoretical level, yeah. let's say you just read the books and you go, yep, that all sounds true, it makes you incredibly angry because mm. you, you feel lied to, you feel really angry about what women like, you suddenly realize that you work so hard to get a mortgage and a house and get ripped, mm. and that's not what they're going for. You feel treated. <laughs> so you have a visceral reaction and you swing, <laughs> in Berlin you certainly swing the other way, where mm. you, I think Rollo says, you just cough it back up. You reject yeah. it, and then you go full on, like none of this is true. Um, you recreate reality in your mind. Yes. You know? Whereas a biologist, I would say, yeah, you either face it and you uh, exploit it, you you go with the current, or you're forever like fighting it. You just yeah. what did Churchill say? If you if you shout at every barking dog, you'll never get anywhere. Yeah. Well, there's clearly been a swing towards conservatism in society generally, as we know, over the last five, certainly over, since Trump's you know election in 2016, and and I think it sort of comes hand in hand with that. But I also think there are a lot of guys who are just deeply, I don't really want to use the term, but just deeply blue pill in their thinking, and they're so invested in that that they just can't. I just, they, don't, they don't have the. If you've had lots of experience with girls in different situations, different types of girls, night game, day game, you'll you'll have seen it. Well, so it's very hard to... Because you, you can run away and cover your eyes and stick your fingers in your ears, but... Well, it's, it sounds very good, doesn't it? To say, all I have to do is is work really hard, get a good job, I'll be a really upstanding guy, I'll be a great father, and women are going to be attracted to that. Because, I don't know, it's, it, guys know where they... You know where you stand with that, don't you? But the, the, the problem with that is, that was the... That was the plan that was given to everybody, uh, you know, years ago. And, it, and it, it doesn't work because we see such a high divorce rate and we see infidelity and everything else. So if that worked, then there would have been no point in game or any of this stuff in the first place, would there? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just bothered as, a, as someone who, who used to <laughs> try and teach this stuff because... Uh, you can't see the wood for the trees anymore. The, the the good stuff, the real stuff is buried. You're much better off reading Pimp by Iceberg Slim yeah. to learn game than you are by today's website. Today's websites will confuse the fuck out of a guy well, yeah. and take you in directions that, okay, you know, might make you live 10 years longer, but they ain't going to get you pussy in a fetish club. <laughs> well, yes. Um, another aspect of this, which is, 
a bit less annoying, but it's still pervasive, is the looks money status side of things. So I, the, the thing that I find most annoying is saying, is saying you've got to be a fine, upstanding Christian man, you know, and then you'll get a, a good woman. You know, that that's really, really annoying. What is also untrue, but is slightly less annoying, is no, all you've got to do is get ripped and be rich, and then you'll get all the girls coming to you. Yeah, but you, you always quote Pete Doherty, and, yeah. I, and you know, he's just a degenerate libertarian and they go well yeah because he's famous he was in he was in a band but you've the characters you know here in berlin and the characters i know in other cd cities these guys are um they're often unemployed they're often on benefits a couple Mm. of the guys i know in soho are dealers Mm. they are the opposite of buff they're like they live on you know sainsbury's meal deals um they're incredibly attractive to women They've done time in prison. They're not celebrities. Mm. They have nothing to offer women except these uh, thrills, tingles. Yes. Um, and it's very, very hard to say that to self-development yeah. people because I agree, it's, it's not a nice life. Yeah. But you'll, I mean, just turning to your trajectory yeah. <laughs> for, for a moment, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, we have guys out there who... There's a lot of flexing going on in the space now, isn't there? There's a lot of Instagram. There's pictures of big cars and expensive properties and all that kind of stuff. And and in, in a way, you've gone the other way, haven't you? Because you <laughs> you are um, you are now um, functionally homeless and <laughs> unemployed. Yeah, and I've got I recently got rid of my money. Not that I had much anyway, but I've turned down work and I've stopped working. And I've yeah, I've um, I've dropped out and. Uh, this is horrific for like the self-help people. Like it's the antithesis yeah. of what you know the it's... man's space is now. I'm, yeah. But um, yeah, with the girls, it's absolutely fine. Same thing with the van. When I got the van, the point Everyone was shocked, weren't they? People were shocked, and I the first year I just wanted to prove that um, all types of women. We had lawyers in the van. We had an architect in the van. We had a PhD girl in the van. Mm. I had a Christian girl in the van. Mm. Yeah, and you openly say, look, I haven't got a job, I haven't got any money, and I live in a van. Um, it was just a point to prove. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not so degenerate now. I park it more in, like, national parks and nature, and um, yeah. I'm, uh, I've got it off my chest. But it does it does make me frustrated, the Instagram thing, yeah, and the, um, and the you need to stack cash, all that yes. stuff. I mean, again, it's, it's a nuanced point, isn't it? Because it's not to say that being ripped is not a good thing, and it's not to say exactly. that having money is a, a good thing and, and having drive and ambition. But when you think about Wolf of Wall Street, when you think about what's he called Jordan Belfort or the Leonardo DiCaprio yep. portrayal of that, which is another classic of this, the sort of dark tri characteristics we're talking about. Um, yep. He is attractive to women, but it's, it's not really the wealth, is it? That makes him attractive. It's something else. It's the drive. It's the narcissism. Yeah. Yeah, well, Danny DeVito in uh, Casino, you know, a lot of the Scorsese's have this dark tried character compared to, um, compared, who's the leading character? God, my mind's gone blank this morning in Casino. Robert De Niro. Yeah. So Robert De Niro plays the provider in Casino, does the right thing, begs to have a hot wife and gives her all this money. And she ends up sleeping with little Danny DeVito, who's a violent fucker in that film. So Scorsese's fascinated by this. Um, yeah, these themes are in all great movies, you know, yeah. Scarface. But I, I said in Street Hustle, <clears throat> available still. It, 
if if you follow the trajectory of Scarface, how does Scarface end? You know, it ends. Uh, how does Butch Cassidy end? It ends with yeah. self destruction and death. So I am. There is a health warning on this. Yeah. Um, come to Berlin, get into kinky clubs, like go crazy in parks, but be aware of like the fucking not for girls, but for you. Be aware of the balance and be aware of if you're not going to your sister's birthday or your not phoning your mum or you're getting really fat or you're starting to drink lots of booze during the day. That's not that's not for girls to, to be aware of. That's for you to yeah to keep going. Because and I've realised that, look, if I'm going to keep doing this in my 40s and 50s, yeah. I've got to self-police. Yes. Not for girls, for me. Yeah, because there are times when anybody on this journey, and I've certainly experienced this in the past, and I think you've experienced this, you can feel like you've gone too far you, and you can kind of freak out for a bit, can't you? You can feel like, I've I've kind of gone off the rails here, and that can be scary. Yeah, yeah. That comes back to the freedom. Nice link there, Troy. <laughs> Thank you. Too much freedom. Yeah, it's fucking. Yeah. You can just go on a bender, which I yeah. think a lot of people are about to experience now yeah. after lockdown. But you're. I mean, you are now in a situation without. I think it's fair to say being a multi-millionaire or anything like that. But you are now in a situation where you've got pretty much unlimited freedom. There's not really yeah. anything holding you back is there you in terms of either a relationship or a mortgage or a job or even a country i mean you are i had yeah. one last rope attached to the boat mm. um which was that girl that's been in a few of my well she was in one of my recent podcasts you know because yeah. the because of the situation i ended up in a country and i ended up living with a girl yeah um and usually that would have just been for a few days but it ended up being as i said two and a half months yeah so the last rope attached to my boat was this girl and um, she's a lovely girl, and she knew about all this stuff. But I had to, I had, I, I could feel it in my court. I had to cut the rope. And yeah. It wasn't very nice. So I had a few mm. weeks of thinking, oh no, yeah. I'm alone again on the ocean. But uh, now, yeah, I don't have a job because I've even quit the day game, really. Um, I have enough money coming in just from books and a few phone calls. Um, I certainly don't have a mortgage because the van is my house. Mm. I recently bought a motorbike, which was a bit of a splurge, but I've sold other possessions. I sold yeah. a lot of my camera gear. Uh, I don't have a girlfriend, so I'm non-monogamous with girls and places. Yes. Um, what's left? Oh, yeah. Well, what I said to you yesterday, I remember 20 years ago when I went to visit a married friend in uh, the Pennines, and he looked knackered because he had just mm. had a baby. Mm. And when his wife was upstairs dealing with the nappies, he looked at me and he said, you know what freedom is, Tom? a motorbike and a credit card. And that's stuck mm. in my head for 20 years. And well, now, I, yeah, you, uh, I've got a van and a credit card. I think I'm free. Well, I suppose another link between these two things is, do you think, uh, in order to do what you've done, or do you think that people that pursue either what you've pursued or, or pursue something else where it's very much their own that you are your own mental point of origin and, and yeah very selfish do you think that that is a, a product of dark triad characteristics like the nice guy's not going to do what no, you've done is no um, narcissism is the first dark triad trait yeah so to be narcissistic you have to believe that your value your plan your mission is more important even than going to see your mum yes um so i don't know if it's learnable because i think i'm odd there's, there's. I was speaking to the guy I was telling you about who lives off his motorbike, Scooter mm. Tramp Scotty. Yeah. He says guys like us are very, very minimal. Maybe there's 2% of guys that are like this. It's a defect that you're born mm. with. Truck drivers have it. They don't like to uh, be part of society. They like to keep moving. Yeah. Very few guys I know have it. 
the majority of guys uh, feel like they need to do the right thing. They often feel like they need uh, approval or they need companionship. And I'm not criticizing it. I think I'm the weird one. Yes. Um, the price you pay for freedom. There is a price you pay for freedom. Yes. Yes. Um, I, you know, I don't have all these comfortable things anymore. Yeah. I don't have an address. I don't have a girl to cuddle in the night. Um, but for most of the day, it feels good. I have a problem, you know, late at night. Yeah. And I have to think, Tom, don't have a beer. Don't have a beer. What, it, what you're feeling is just loneliness. Yes, yes. But and then in the morning, as you say, you wake up and you're like, woohoo! I know, yeah, the mornings are very different. And actually, you were saying a really interesting thing yesterday, that you have less, not you, one has less willpower in the evening than in the morning. And often what you feel first thing in the morning when you first get up is the truth, because it's come up from your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, the danger zone is, well, I think for me is after 6, 7 p.m. Yeah. When they're not, when, well, you like the night descending. I'm not a night gamer, but... um. Let's bring it back to Berlin and um, uh, how are we doing on time, Mr. Troy? We are still, I don't know actually, we're still going. How long has it been? I think we're over 40 minutes now. Oh, the gold that's been given the gold, away. The gold that's been given away. But how would you, because obviously there will be guys listening to this and they're a nice guy, they're a nice innocent guy. You know, they've just started their economics degree or whatever, and they're thinking, "What the hell do it?" So you mean I've got to go and live in a van and you know become no. a diet? I mean, so what? What advice would you give to people? It took ten years to get get to here, so you do it very gradually. And I used to say to you, "Don't just jump to Berlin and say yeah. I've quit, I've moved," because yeah. because it's too much. And when I look at myself ten years ago as a, as a school teacher, I was very very squeaky clean still, and I was very nice and I was very upstanding because I taught children and I was part yeah. of the community and it was a very gradual process so um no don't quit your job just just uh, I used to say to students split test it so if you if this stuff you think they said Tom's talking a load of bollocks here okay we'll go out and do a day of nice guy squeaky clean day game yeah and then the next day try a bit of the old you know the dark uh, a bit more brooding a bit more you know uh, challenging a bit more yeah. escalating and just see which one works and it's very hard to argue with results you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how you change, bit by bit. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there are different paths for different people. I mean, as I said, I think that what you have done is an expression of, you know, you've got particular values, you've got a particular way of viewing life, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not, it's not the right it's, one, no. But it's not wholly different. They could equally, and, and I've met them, so these people are, are out there, a, a, an amoral <laughs> hedge fund dude who's working at a big bank and he's, owning, he's earning a, a ton of money, but he's going out every night and he's, he's, he's doing, you know, he's doing his coke and he's meeting different girls and stuff like that. And he's living a very self-centered <laughs> sort of life. And he will still have that quality that's going to, that's going to draw girls to him, even though his, his, the, the nature of his life is very different. So it's not so much about... It's not about your job. No, yeah. Dark Triad is, um, is your personality type. But I do, yeah, coming back to the, am I right? Is everyone wrong? No. The whole point is that I don't tell you what to do. So please don't tell me what to do. That's my live and let live philosophy, yeah? Yeah. And um, I have friends, and this is true, I have friends who got married after school. They now have two or three kids. They run a gardening company. And he says to me, Tom, I'm so fucking free. Yeah. You know? And I look yeah. at him and he's, he's happy. So who am I to say, mm. oh, mate, you know, you're such a chode. Yeah. He looks at me and thinks, Tom, you're an idiot. So mm. um, as long as you feel that relief of freedom, you might feel it in a relationship. I don't know. But... Um, 
I hope I hope we've counteracted some of this these recent trends. And Berlin is the best place in the world. I would say right now, if you can get to Germany, if you can get to Berlin, and you've been locked in your apartment for three months, um, come here and wear a gimp mask instead of a. I certainly am now, and uh, it's like to breathe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just keeping the COVID at bay. But um, but what what are you actually up to now? Because obviously you've you've uploaded uh, <laughs> you've up, re-uploaded a lot of the videos, which is great. Uh, you have your membership site, which guys can go to to get to get some of the old stuff that isn't now publicly available. I know you're doing sort of phone consultations with guys, and and, and you were you were going to be doing some some in-person coaching weren't you although i think with covid that's yeah. had to get put back but i mean yeah. what, what's your sort of i mean what are your plans for <laughs> um you're a master choice of this thank you for you did all the plug-in very smoothly yeah so i don't need to do it no i basically i'm uh inhaling the old fumes of uh my pickup days to earn the last of the cash um i'm, I'm i really don't need that much money to keep going mm. uh because the van you have free electricity and i get free water and if i don't drive you know yeah, so it's just food. I am um, I'm finishing my ski instructor qualification, mm. and that's not to earn money. Ski instructors don't really earn any money, but it is to try and smash some girls uh, whilst doing something I enjoy. As I said, I just got my motorbike, so I got a lot of ideas for uh, stripping things down even further. But for for game, I've given up trying to plan now. I just uh, the break of a month has turned into a year. Yeah, and I'm really feeling a lot more calm. I haven't gone my own way. I <laughs> I haven't said uh, <laughs> fuck these bitches. Yes, um, but it is nice to do something different. Ten years was a good marker for oh, being obsessive with day game. Yeah, and now I you could say I'm obsessing about uh, freedom, minimalism. Yes. yes. Um, I used to always think. Do you have this? I used to think I need to plan out five years, ten years. I need to be, mm. but that's part of the problem with trying to be respectable. Is thinking, what am I doing? Yes. What am I going to do next year? A great joy of this, actually, of this lockdown thing was thinking, do you know what? Like, um, you know, I sound like Eric Toll. I'm just experiencing the now. <laughs> yes. I really did. Did you feel that in London? Yeah. Like, there is no plan anymore. The, the, yeah. the, the rules have been ripped up. Yeah. Well, I found lockdown very irksome because it just goes against all of my, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it was problematic. You know, people's civil liberties were ripped off them and all the rest of it but it was a it was unprecedented circumstances i don't know i found i just had to accept it i just had to think okay well there's not really a lot i can do about this i'm just going to accept it and i'm going to just get on with doing work and i'm going to be productive and it was a very productive very period productive, for me. productive yeah yeah it, and it was good in many ways but i'm glad to to get here and to sort of <laughs> certainly get out of the uk where things are um pretty restrictive at the moment i think but you've got another are you, you're playing another book, I think. Is that correct? Oh, bless you, sir. Yeah, well, it's finished. The the final, my final, well, it's not even a game book. It's called Black Sheep Bandit. Mm. And it's about the last 10 years going from stable to um, self-destruction. <laughs> and yeah. how we all, we both agree that self-destruction is a very, uh, is, a, noble. is a noble thing. It's the theme of Fight Club. Um, yeah, I don't mean self-destruction as in heroin junkie. No. I mean as, you know, rebuilding from scratch, restarting. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's finished, but I don't plan any more paid things. Mm. Coaching over the phone, you can email me, tom at tomtrow.com. That keeps me going. That keeps yeah. me in pot noodles and milk. Mm. Um, or uh, curryverse. As, oh, um, oh, we love in the curryverse, and that's not an innuendo. <laughs> Get to Berlin and have curryverse. 
and the beers here are amazing. Yeah. Do you remember that guy the other night? We were sat outside that bar and that guy just walked in front of us and just vomited on the floor and then just carried on. Yeah, then like a trooper then just stood up and, and looked remarkably normal. And yeah. That's just the tip of the iceberg, what you see here. Even All kinds of stuff. Walking around with you, is this is mental. Yeah. yeah in, a, in a good way. If you want to live in like, if you want to have a time machine back to Times Square in the 90s, not the 80s, yeah. Uh, then Berlin is the place for you. Yes. Lots of fun. What's your plan now? You're, you're going to go back to London, but come back here? Yeah, I mean, TBC, to be honest. I need to... I've got some things to obviously to sort out in London, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I've always loved it over here. So the summer here is, is awesome as well. It really, really is. It's a very different city in the summertime, I think. So it's. It, there's, there's just a strange mixture here, isn't there, between... There's a sort of a slightly dark edge to it, but there's also a really, there's just so much green space and outdoor life here as well. Would you want to finish with talking about, because this is really interesting, why has the city not been taken over by wokeness? What, because it's a brilliant meeting of worlds here that keeps mm. it spinning on its axis. Yeah. If it was just full of, um, which I thought it was, like moustache cycling hipsters, this, yeah. this city would have collapsed, yeah? Yeah. But you've also got this massively masculine middle eastern presence yeah. of real tough men yes um and you've got fetish clubs sex clubs yeah dwarfs walking around in latex how the fuck does this coexist yeah yeah it's really it's really odd and particularly in this area you've got this big turkish and middle eastern community here and those guys I mean, they are all very patriarchal aren't they i mean they are very traditional they're what the manosphere aspire to yeah, absolutely. And They're those very, guys, very ripped. yeah, very ripped. Uh, those guys are very well groomed. Uh, very, um, they they lead their family. There's like you know yeah. eight kids, and uh, you know they really got control. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is a wet dream for yeah. the you know for the manosphere. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of uh, you've got your hipsters and everything else. But the the thing that I think makes Berlin fantastic is you've also got this very dark, kinky element. And I wanted to bring a quote, which I I wasn't able to find this morning. But there's a quote which there is a theory that there's just something in the air in Berlin that makes people horny. There's this erotic side to it. And that's that's been the case since, you know, the Weimar Republic and beyond. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting mix, but very harmonious, isn't it? I mean, it's not all kicking off. Yeah, each requires the other. It's a perfect yeah. balance in this city. Yeah. Because um, I think if it, like you said, if it was just hipster, it would be pretty insufferable, but it's not. No, they coexist. They balance each other out. And it maybe that's the metaphor of this podcast, isn't it? All the elements of Dark Triad are here, but they're balanced by um, parks and people juggling and um, yes. free love and are you, kitchens. Are you going to be learning juggling? Already on it, mate. Already <laughs> on it. The dreads are coming. I'm doing a drumming circle. No, this is, I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm living next to the most hippie park in the world. So, yeah. I mean, within a week, mate, the, the van's going to be on bricks. I'm going to be... Um, yeah, fake shaman. No, mate, real shaman. I, do you know what I bought yesterday? I didn't tell you. I bought incense sticks. Uh, have you actually bought them? Yeah. So the van is smelling like Woodstock 69. Uh, you've just got this amazing energy about you. I just had to tell you. Don't give away my new game. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Well, listen, it's, it's been... It's roasting. It's been emotional. It's been emotional. It's been a fantastic podcast. It's getting really hot now, so I think we're going to have to go and... Uh, 
get to that park, get to that airfield. Oil up, get to the airfield and uh, get the tinfoil down. Not the tinfoil hat, but the tinfoil down for sunbathing and uh, get our tans on and so on. You've got a live stream for 12 hours. Yeah, you? I'm doing a 12 hour live stream <laughs> in a bit. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, no, thanks, Tom. It's been great to, to catch up. Great to, uh, right. you know, and thank you for helping me to escaping the totalitarian oh, mate, thanks okay for, thanks for bringing me here no change my view of this city yeah absolutely well you know the other thing to say about berlin is that the clubs are still closed at the moment but hopefully they'll start to open up again because the nightlife scene here is also what it's ah, it's off the hook but we've heard, and like, last night i heard secret clubbing going on yeah you can't really keep this city down i don't think it's just uh it's just a haven of debauchery. But anyway, listen, that's it from us, from Berlin. Uh, my new collection of, well, it's not. It's actually a collection of some of my greatest hits in terms of articles and essays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The greatest hits from uh, uh, 2014 to 2019. It's called Renegade Dating Domination. The link's below. You can grab that now. It's got all the best articles from Return of Kings. and That covers the bollocks. Uh, very fitting for this city. Yeah, thank you. I love all that neon stuff, and I've been using that neon as you know logo in my design for the past few things. And Miami it's, Vice, Grand Theft yeah. Auto. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember that bar in Hanover the, with the, the Miami Vice yeah. places? Yeah. I don't. We don't know here walking around if things are ironic or um, just old. Yeah. Like there's a lot of these bars with Troy's font from about 1985. Yeah. And Troy's like, no, they just never, they never closed. They're 24 yeah. hour a day bars. And I'm like, no, that can't be real. That yeah. can't be real, but they are. Yeah. So again, if you want to come in a time machine yes. and you've got a mullet and you like wearing stonewashed denim. Yeah. Um, and you like the early, the early B sides of simple minds. Nobody will look at you here because they'll either think you've been an ironic hipster or you've just been there yeah. and you never left. Exactly, exactly. So it's a, it's a great city. Come and visit if you get the chance. And that's it from us for now. But I will see you again very soon. Bye-bye. I'll be the same truth.